Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 29th, 2021. Hey, the last Sunday in August. Uh, 14th Sunday after Pentecost in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. But everyone, Bruce, wants to know, how are you doing? I am doing fine. I have one old man gripe. Okay, okay. Old man gripus. I bought a new shirt. This it's a short sleeve shirt, and the sleeves are too short. You don't you don't want to show off the uh, the guns. The... I am showing off the guns, which fortunately I still have. <laughs> but it, it's like it covers my bulging tummy and love handles everything else quite fine, but it my farmer's tan is very much revealed. <laughs> You know what? But at the end of the day, uh, wear that shirt a couple of days out, out, outside, uh, and it won't be a farmer's tan so much anymore. It'll be a, I don't know, a weird beach bum tan, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the problem, what I, it will be the state far, state fair sunburn for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a good way. Well, to... my pigs came in last, but I worked on my tan. <laughs> I, I have had uh, a couple of summers in my life uh, where I, I did develop that like tri or quad tone tan. Yeah. Uh, and you have like, I had like multiple, you know, it almost ended up looking like rings on my yeah. arms because it was like, okay, this is, you know, th- this lower quarter or lower third it, uh, got all the sun. And then <laughs> this smaller quadrant got like, you know, three quarters of the sun. <laughs> yep that's what we're talking yep yep it's a good look it's a good look it says oh i don't think so (laughs) it it says i spend a lot of time outside uh so um with with nature communing with nature and and uh no i i say you sport that for sure 100 percent. it's just one of those things that i'm glad i know my wife really loves me (laughs) (laughs) for 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 a lesser woman, this would be a deal breaker. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I have all sorts of things like that on my end. Oh, yeah. Thank God uh, for my wife. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's well. But you're also you're, you're I was I thought your old man gripe was going to be the fact that your uh, your your coffee machine died. Um, sure. And, and uh, <laughs> that would be my. I guess it's not even an old man gripe. That's just a gripe. Yeah, that, that's a multi generational gripe. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we can all come together on. Yes. Um, <laughs> dumb coffee across the generations. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. But... <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, like I said here at the top, it's the last Sunday in August. Uh, um, and, uh, which means that as we prepare, we're, we're now, um, uh, roughly, roughly two more weeks uh, away from the, the start of normal programming. I, I say that roughly because it's like, it, well, it depends on when you listen to this. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not this Sunday. It's not this next Sunday, but if I'm not mistaken, it's the Sunday after that. Correct. Like we're, yes. we're you know, yeah. real. in kindergarten time counting like you're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, that's the only, yeah. only kind of counting I know. Um, <laughs> But, September twelfth. Uh, yeah, September twelfth. <laughs> um, so, which is, uh, I mean, we should start really hyping that up because it's a. Uh, so we'll have yeah. we'll have youth group. We'll have uh, nine o'clock hour uh, things uh, going on. We'll have uh, uh, every age adult, group adult forum. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and does that also? I, I I'm going to put you on the spot. Does that also mean that uh, for church services that we have a uh, nursery again? Will that be a thing? We aren't sure at this point because of COVID. Gotcha. So it kind of depends on the yeah the the current thought is we'll have the sur- we'll have the I was going to say surgery we'll have the nursery. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Please please do not come to our church expecting <laughs> <Yeah>. surgery. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Yes the the nursery I believe we're currently saying the, the nursery will, 
will be open, unlocked. The sound and um, video monitor will mm-hmm. be on, but it'll be self serve. Okay, okay, I gotcha. So, so uh, area available, um, uh, unless unless we get better numbers, and it, it, it would be nice to be able to get better. If we get, yeah, if we get better COVID numbers, then gotcha. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, better COVID yeah. numbers, uh, uh, not not attendance numbers, um, right? But uh, but yeah, that would that'll be a a, a big thing uh, when we get back or able to get back to that. I know young families that that can be that can be. Uh, Point of challenge, yeah. even though the rest of us, in all seriousness, the rest of us adore every baby squeak, rattle, and roll. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it's it's a great distraction from your sermons. Um, <laughs> even for me, yes, that's why I'm laughing. Yesterday, my my great granddaughter started to coo, and I was just oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think actually at one point in the service, you actually fully did get distracted because I think she hit him in the face. Yes, it was hilarious. (laughs) Hit her grandpa in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So, but yeah, that's it's something really, uh, really to look forward to. Um, In in the meantime, we still have, um, um, you know, our book book study group or book reading group uh, going on. yeah, they're just starting the latest John Green book, and it's it's a really good book. I I read it be, before they had chosen it, and can recommend it highly. Nice, very good. Um, so yeah, still plenty of things going on. Please visit mm-hmm. our website at holyfamilyfishers.org dot uh, to see uh, what else going on. Um, but uh, right now, what's going on is I'm going to uh, try to stump Bruce here uh, with a with a person. Um, Bruce, your person is still alive. Oh. Uh, born in 1930. Barbara Clementine Harris. Oh, okay. Actually, sadly, she did uh, die not too long ago. No, did she um, really? I th- I'm almost sure she did. Oh, uh, well, then I, I feel but, bad about that then. Um, anyway, Barbara Harris was the first woman uh, consecrated a bishop. In the Episcopal Church. Yes. And, yes. Uh, gosh, so many things to say about her. Um, assisting bishop in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. at Diocese of Massachusetts. And even after she retired, she was a, a wonderful force of nature in terms mm. of advocacy for social justice and being good people and yeah i really i i had the privilege of getting to know her a little bit personally because was the old thing she was a friend of a friend so i ended up having dinner with her a couple times and such and mm-hmm. it's a fantastic person and, and and an excellent bishop for her diocese and the church yeah um uh, all the things that you said were true i thought i i thought you might actually know her which i thought would make for very interesting content <laughs> if and you, you finally got one right <laughs> Well, I, I, I was going to more say it would make for very interesting content if you, like, just, you know how, like, sometimes your brain just doesn't put, like, words that you hear together with things that you know? All too well. <laughs> because you're expecting, you're expecting, like, okay, he's trying to stump me. I, I This isn't the person that I know. Right. <clears throat> so I thought that'd be, I thought it'd be really funny if you're like, oh, crap, I've met her several times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that happens frequently, but yeah, not this time. Um, I also want to point out uh, from her uh, definition um, or her, her blurb here on the website, there's a church in Norristown, Pennsylvania that she was priest in charge of uh, at St. Augustine, but there, St. Augustine of Hippo Church. What is Hippo Church? Because <laughs> in my mind, it's the old thing. Like, it depends how, where you put the comma. <laughs> right, 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 right. St. Augustine of Hippo Church, comma, Norristown, comma, Pennsylvania. And in my mind, it, like, I have visions of uh, Fantasia. <laughs> oh, no, I was thinking of, like, Fantasia with uh, the dancing, you know, the, the dancing oh, that's Disney hippos. Better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where were yeah, you but going in liturg- with that? <laughs> but in liturgical colors. <laughs> but in liturgical colors, yes. Season-appropriate colors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but she also worked as a prison chaplain uh, uh, for for several for many years here too, as well, which is very interesting. Also, executive director of the Episcopal Church Publishing Company uh, for four years. Like uh, this woman uh, uh, puts uh, all of us to shame. Look at this. Yeah, um, I I I looked it up, and she died about a year ago. Dang it. Yeah. Dang. Well. Uh, uh, Apologies for saying that incorrectly, and uh, well, uh, you didn't for, know for 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 uh, missing uh, Barbara Clementine Harris. So she sounds like someone uh, I would have loved to have met at some point in time. Actually, she was at our. Actually, I think she was at both of our most recent bishops, current and the one before that, consecrations. Oh, um, cool! So if you had happened to attend um, the most recent one, you would. She was there. Hmm. Um, and she was, for anyone keeping score, she was um, consecrated on February 11th, 1989. So that's when we first started to ordain women as bishops. So now it's yeah. relatively common. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she was African-American, so that was very significant. And now female African-American diocesan bishops are pretty common, like our own. Yeah, like our own. Bishop. It is, it is interesting that the uh, definitions makes... No, no mention. She it makes mention of her being female. Does not make mention of her being African American uh, heritage. Um, oh, which is interesting. That is the other fun fact that is very personal is her crozier, which is the shepherd's crook mm -hmm. that a bishop gets, mm -hmm. uh, was made by a parishioner of mine at the time, who Ooh. was uh, down in Washington, Indiana, and he was an excellent woodworker. Um, and one of her good friends was a friend of mine. She was also a um, African American woman um, and a priest. And so I, I told her I have this woodworker. If you need a crozier or anything, she said, oh, that'd be awesome. And what? And he was so pleased, proud, and intimidated. Oh, sure. That he ended up making I think four croziers until being happy with the one and that was the one that she carried for years wow that's and that's a made, pretty cool claim to fame yeah and he made sure it was made out of native indiana wood and all sorts of other little symbolic symbolic aspects to it nice i yeah. was a i always secretly want to see the crozier being used by a, a bishop um to literally like move people around like a like very shepherd like and like just literally hook it around the neck of someone misbehaving and then like pushing them off uh where they need to be uh that that that's, i've had uh, bishops that had that look in their eye which <laughs> was enough to make me I, behave i i would uh i would either pay good money or misbehave just enough to see it happen in person yeah. um but uh just enough. Like, let, let me be very clear. Uh, I, mm. I, I, you know, I just want to get in the appropriate amount of trouble in front of a bishop uh, <laughs> <laughs> to see that happen. Um, I don't know what that would be. Uh, so let's let's move on to our reading here. Yes, uh, Deuteronomy. We're going to jump into the book of Deuteronomy uh, this week. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter four, verse one through two, and then six through nine. So now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. You must neither add anything to what I command you, nor take away anything from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God, with which I am charging you. You must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples, who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and discerning people. For what other great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is whenever we call him? Uh, and what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? But take care and watch yourselves closely, so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen, nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Um, Deuteronomy, kind of as I alluded to at the beginning, uh, not 
really something we read from too terribly much. Um, tell us about Deuteronomy. Sure. It's part one of the foundational books of the Hebrew Scriptures. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it, well, still is honored as just a core teaching for the Jewish people. And it kind of gets into some of the nitty gritty, not as much as um, Leviticus, but almost as much about how we are to live justly with the world around us and with God. Hmm. Is it, is it written out as kind of like a, a law, like codified uh, uh, rules and, and as it says here, statutes and ordinances, or is it, or is it more just like life guidelines or in a thousands of years old way? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Statues and ordinances, not anything close to modern use of the term statues and ordinances. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have events. It's instead, I don't know. I forget how many chapters it is. um, Like 20 something chapters of teachings. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, and what else, what did we skip over here? Uh, we, 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 we description jumped. of how terrible the false called God Baal is. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, a little bit of a, yeah. A uh, little bit of a side, uh, a, a side departure, uh, um, right. commentary. Yeah. But... To modern listeners would be, what? <laughs> For right. the most part. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so, so this is this is an early on book in the Old Testament, though, isn't it? Is this is this this takes place once they uh, after the wandering, the forty years wandering, and it's as uh, okay. It's it's written. It's set. I'm sorry. It's set, uh, um, as being Moses's farewell speech. Oh, so this is before they just enter. before. Gotcha. Um, and I think it's this one. I think it's Deuteronomy, where even though it's set as Moses's farewell speech, the only event that's described is Moses dying. So, you know, it's not word for word Moses's farewell speech, since he can't write about his own death. But anyway, it's it's set as just before the people cross into the promised land. Okay. What, what Moses is reminding them to always live by. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'd always been under the impression that it was like, uh, now that we're here in this new land, uh, here are the rules that we need to live by, uh, kind of a, kind of a book. Yeah. And it's that, that's pretty much what it is. Hmm. It's Hmm. just literarily set. You know, six hours before that. I, I got you. Okay, yeah. Now that we're getting ready to enter in, yeah, yeah. Here are the rules in our in, in our in in our uh, new situation. And now um, I'm going to die, and you guys can go in. Right, right, right. Which 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 is kind of a weird thing when you think about it. Like, uh, here are all the rules that you need to live by. I'm not going to have to do that, but you will because I'm not right. Here. <laughs> but you do it. Um, uh, it. It's was it really the kind of situation where uh, other country like other nations didn't have like these kinds of rules i mean it it makes kind of a a boastful claim as though you know no one is as organized or as uh you know uh law you know uh, i shouldn't say law dependent but like dependent on 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 rules handed down by their god uh as as us i mean yes was that kind of true like just wild west of nation building out there not not wild west but uh um dictatorial um whims mm. of ruling classes gotcha so it was it, it was gonna it's like <clears throat> it would change depending on the direction of the wind of the the ruling yeah. class i gotcha yeah what whether or not the the high priest or the king or whoever was at the top of the hierarchy decided mm-hmm. that they needed more corn then suddenly the corn tax would go up for a few weeks and 
the big thing about Deuteronomy is that it truly tries to set a an equal standard for all people's behavior regardless of what their social status is oh okay and and that was radical at the time and still yeah, is I would, today I, I would imagine yeah so uh i was and i was thinking of that as well it kind of seems you know this is the playing field by which all uh within this new nation will adhere to which would be um substantially different probably from from many other great nations yeah. as, and, as it, the scripture and the refers to it literary contrast was egypt where okay. you know that that's where these folks had escaped from 40 years before and you know that was definitely a top-down dictatorship and and the folks that were wandering were literally enslaved to that dictatorship mm-hmm. and so part of what's being set up here is you don't get to now do that to someone else gotcha I, which I got, all, yeah, yeah which in human history is usually what happens that that's i have not i did not think of it from that perspective but that's that is very interesting of like okay now that you it may have been 40 years but uh um i i, I understand you know wounds run deep and and people do not forget even if it's generational um and fighting the urge to then um be in the position of power in a similar situation like create a similar situation but want to be the in the position of power would be very strong and and Mm -hmm. having to fight that urge of like you know this is it's it's a an example of living out uh the do unto others as you would have them do unto you right uh, uh, so taking that, which is found in here is found in Deuteronomy. Okay. Interesting. That's a, yep. that's a very interesting perspective of, yeah, take the same situation and then act appropriately now that you're in the position of power. Well, and the problem is the challenge is not the problem. The challenge is appropriately would not be sufficient wording. Because mm-hmm. in the in the the known world to the Israelites at that time, appropriately what to act appropriately was to enslave the lowest classes. That's that's a good point. So this is yeah. like well above and beyond. Like, yeah, no one has ever done this. No one has right. ever been called to treat people equally this way before. Yeah, not in the mm. Mediterranean area. Very interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd thought of that aspect of it. Um, um, I maybe and maybe that's the, the the fault of just not having read Deuteronomy as much as many of the other books, um, since we spend you know a, a yeah. ton of time in you know the Isaiahs of the of the Old Testament. Um, but uh, that that's a very interesting context of when this is being written and the mindset that they were trying to establish and fight against, um, right. Um, would be very interesting, especially since it's like, I mean, sometimes again, we take it for granted living at this point. What would that have been like 3000 years later, uh, three and a half thousand years later. Um, but we kind of take it for granted of like, Oh yeah. You know, kindness exists and in, 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 you know, government and nations, uh, uh, here and there, it, you know, that's not un, unknown to us, but for the first, for re- the relative first time, at least documented, um, that's what's being established here and, and, uh, had to start with someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It had to start with someone. Might but, as well be us. Might as well be and, us. And it is interesting to see that created, you know, actually, you know, actually being established kind of for the first time. Well, and and I think a lot of the folks, maybe not the maybe not in this particular group before Moses, but, you know, within 100 years would be saying, shoot, why was it us? Because we're having to give up all sorts of privileges and 
as you know, benefits of being ultimate powerful people because of these stupid things that Moses said. That's a that's a good point too. I'm I'm sure there would be detractors of all this of like this is what made our nation weak and why we were conquered again and and um, uh, look at all this the the failure uh, from this king or that king. Yeah, um, and and that's one reason we have this preface now is and it's much longer than this of course saying this is what makes you great Mm -hmm. because it is in in response to people that are saying our economy is a lot worse off because we have to treat our workers so well Um, which is part which is in deuteronomy that Mm -hmm. everyone gets a sabbath even the, the working animals get a sabbath you don't get to work your animals to death you don't get to work your farm hands to death Hmm. It's like, well, that makes us a much weaker economy than Egypt. This is nuts. Right. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, Anything else about Deuteronomy before we move on to James? I will simply say, as I always do, it's a good book to read in its entirety. And if you do that as a Christian, you'll repeatedly see where Jesus is pulling material from. Huh. Deuteronomy and Isaiah and Psalm. Deuteronomy and Isaiah are frequently, directly or indirectly referenced by Jesus. Add in the Psalms that the gospel writers use, and you have kind of your prerequisites for understanding the gospels. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting foundation. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that's that's where a lot of it comes. And, from. and you don't get into the weird dietary laws and stuff. Those are in Leviticus, so you don't have to worry about gotcha. those things that are harder to understand. Though still fascinating. Still fascinating. A lot of yep. Leviticus is fascinating. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy studying Leviticus. I, can, I would cannot live by it, but I enjoy studying it. And I don't think I have to live by it either. Right. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Now I'm going to reread it and hold you to everyone. Every one of the, uh, <laughs> the weird Can't, can't give up my... I'm, I'm willing to not eat geckos, but I'm not willing to give up shrimp. <laughs> Amazing. All right, let's move on to James chapter one, verse 17 through 27. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change in fulfillment of his own purpose. He gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger for your anger does not produce god's righteousness therefore rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome the with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves for if any are hearers of the word and not doers they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion is that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans, and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Um, James also kind of a book that we don't get into uh, as often. Tell us about the book of James. It's a fascinating book. Um, it's the the James of the of the title has traditionally been attached to James, the brother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we know that James was martyred um, before the year 66 because, well, anyway, we know that. And was, and he never left Palestine. Okay. The interesting dynamics around the letter itself is that it was first, we can first find mention of it in other writings in Egypt. And... 
some of one of the references, agricultural references, seems to have more to do with Syria than Palestine. But that doesn't preclude it from being James, the brother of Jesus. Also, mm-hmm. it's written in a beautiful Greek and with, with a great deal of sense of, of, of the written word. It's not just an oral tradition written down. It looks like it was intended as truly a letter or a written document. Hmm. Um, we don't know enough about James to see if he qualifies to produce all that. Um, and it didn't enter the Bible, the Christian Bible, until the 200s. Um, maybe even 300s, depending which Bible you're talking about. So it, 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 it didn't immediately come out of the earliest bodies of Christian literature, like the Pauline letters. Okay. But that, again, that doesn't mean it wasn't there. Maybe it just hadn't been collected as, you know, literally gathered together with the others. Hmm. Um, but one of the reasons that many people think it could easily be part of the earliest Christian writings um, and from Palestine, from Jerusalem, is it doesn't seem to worry too much about theology. It's mostly concerned mm. with the practical application of loving God and neighbor. Yeah. Um, it, 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 uh, it kind of sums it up there uh, in, in verse 27, uh, uh, which is, I think, a fascinating sentence. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Um, and that phrase, though, I, I could see um, that interpreted several different ways. To keep oneself unstained by the world <clears throat> might to some seem like uh, reclusion um, uh, or, or uh, just like completely pulling oneself away. But, yeah, go, go and become a hermit. Right, but that doesn't make any sense it, when it's paired with the earlier part of the statement which is to care for orphans and widows in their distress like you can't you still have you have to be part of the world in order to reach those individuals um right uh so um how how to how to remain unstained by the world would be a a, an interesting um discussion with this author is like uh i would you know what's what's your definition of remaining unstained whether you know how do you how how do you go about it what's your 10-step program (laughs) Well, you just, and that's why you just read the rest of the letter and you'll see. (laughs) No, I can't. I can't. They only told me to read the 27 (laughs) and then that's it. That's the end. There are five chapters in which James explains this. Um, And one of the reasons that some people throughout Christian history have held it in a little bit of suspicion is that James, James's concern is not sex in terms mm-hmm. of being unstained from the world. It's instead greed. Mm. And this mention of widows and orphans is very Old Testament slash Hebrew scriptures. Mm-hmm. But that is the image for caring for the least in a society. Mm. So that that's another reason why people think it could be one of the very early, early Christian documents is that the, the scriptural references are very much um, of simply the Hebrew scriptures rather than you know, rather than Pauline letters or even a gospel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unstained from the world means you're not moved by greed. Mm. Instead, mm. you live a life of generosity, looking out for the least in the society. Yeah, I think the Puritans side of us uh, wants that to to be about sex. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, very, very much, uh, very much so. Um, yeah, basically, but, uh, since the Reformation, there's, yeah, that's what people have wanted it to be about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also fascinated. Uh, there's some beautiful language uh, here, and and I don't know, uh, I don't know if credit belongs to the uh translators if credit belongs to the original writer or if credit is shared i'm assuming the latter or the the the, the latest statement there right um 
but um, some beautiful wording here. I, I've never, I've, I don't recall hearing the phrase "the Father of Lights" before. Uh-huh. Is that uh huh. Is that that's really cool? Uh, a, a, a really cool de- uh, name for God. That's that that I think is pretty unique. I'm, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, and it's like a reference to a prior writing, but um, that's a that's a that's a neat moniker uh, uh, to, to give God. I like it. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm just double checking that. Yeah, it's a somewhat of a how should I put a, a repurposing of Greek imagery. Of oh, okay, okay. Uh, you know, of, of putting upon the one true God a claim made by one or two Greek gods. Gotcha. And again, that that's part of the the skill and insight within the letter of James. Hmm. That in addition to using Hebrew scriptures, he also pulls in um, what people on uh, in daily life would have heard in conversations and all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the phrases to describe Greek or Roman gods that James pulls in and says, nope. It belongs to the one true God. Nice. Um, I also like uh, uh, verse 21 here. Um, uh, the uh, language here in 21 is, it, I, I could sit with this one for a, a long time, I think. Um, Rid yourself of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. There's a lot of um a lot you could ponder there in that, in that yes. statement um which is fascinating uh, to me um when when language is used uh that way but i mean how often do you use the word sorted or sordidness uh, and um what an interesting description of wickedness is as having uh, an aspect of rank growth um, and kind of a poisonous um, spread. Um, like I said, beautiful imagery. So uh, kudos to probably both the original author and the translators uh, for, for conveying that um, in, yeah. in today's reading. And he's and James is also pulling from secular um, philosophy hmm. for this, where what it, it, it it's the um, the modern cliche proverb of the the what you feed within yourself is what will grow within yourself. Oh, okay, okay. And the, the and, old the old you are what you eat, uh, but also spiritually. <laughs> yeah. And, well, what I was saying is the the proverb about you have two wolves in you, one that will destroy and one that will grow, or something you know, that is life giving, and mm. which wolf wins? The one that you feed. Interesting. Yeah, um, it's, the proverb's much better than that. I'm trying to summarize right, it right. too quickly, but no, it, I gotcha. that, that philosophy's been around for thousands of years, and this is James referencing it. Yeah, well, that's that's cool that it, he's doing kind of like a secular reference. Um, yeah, uh, and then it, the other question that I have is it, he takes a, a moment to talk about like uh, hearers of the word versus doers. Um, and is this, is this, a just in the other chapters since we're, I don't think next week we read from James again, but, um, uh, in, in later chapters does, oh, we do read from James. Actually, I'm wrong on that. We do read from James next week, but I was the, thinking it, we, we get some pieces of James for a while. Good, 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 good. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. is this, is this, it, does he get into the, uh, faith versus works argument in his, um, yeah. letter. Okay. Yeah. The, in, let's see which chapter in chapter two, verse 14. So we very well might get it is mm-hmm. he has the famous, uh, quote, um, what good is it? My brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works. Gotcha. And goes on to make the argument about, um, you need both. Right. And 
faith without works is dead is one of the most famous quotes. It is the famous one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'll definitely get into that. Something to look forward to, but I'm looking forward to, to, to more of, uh, of, of his, his, uh, style of writing here. Um, Yeah. It's a goodie. uh, Um, so maybe it's just my bias against Paul uh, coming out again. It always (laughs) seems to, always seems to rear its ugly head. Uh, so, uh, anything else about this, uh, uh, um passage from James. Shoot. There was something. Um what was it? Oh, um there's an interesting oh Martin Luther had real doubts about James because of the faith versus works argument that James makes. Hmm. But even Martin Luther did not have the pull to yank it out of the Bible. He, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, his story is interesting, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but that, but, you know, the controversy has followed James in more conservative Christian circles right through to this day, where conservative Christians who, who so emphasize salvation through faith rather than works, that they really have little respect for James. And we'll gotcha. try to rationalize why you don't have to take James seriously. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So you you might so a person may start an unintentional diatribe with someone if they say, "Oh, James is my favorite book of the Bible." And if the other person is a um, very very conservative Christian, you might suddenly get quite a bit in your in your face suddenly by the other. Right. 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 Oh, I love us. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's move on uh, to uh, our gospel reading today. Mark chapter 7, verse 1 through 8, then 14 and 15, and then 21 through 23. So we, we do a little bit of a hop, skip, and a jump here. Like we do. Uh, now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips. This, uh, yeah, this people, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, "Listen to me, all of you, and understand: there is nothing outside a person that, by going in, can defile." But the things that come out are what defile. For it is written, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Um, this is an interesting reading to be reading during a pandemic. Yeah. Because the first thought I have is, yeah, dude, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I recognize that Jesus is taking the opportunity to teach a lesson. Um, and we skip around a little bit. Does he justify an answer why they don't wash their hands? Is this, uh, uh, was, was, was Jesus an anti-vaxxer? I mean, like, <laughs> how... No, no, no. <laughs> Let me immediately say that. Um, I, I'm going to ask the question so that it's yeah. asked. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, just just because it, this does strike very differently uh, uh, happening to, to to be going, you know, to be being read at this point in time. So um, does he get around to, to answering the question? No. <laughs> okay. 
<clears throat> yeah, um, because I, I mean, I, I do see him pivot. I mean, you can, you can kind of, even, even though we chop uh, uh, the, the reading up a little bit, you can see the pivot uh, uh, that he's, the question, the way the question is worded by the Pharisees and the scribes, it's not, uh, not, ooh, dude, gross. Why do, why do you do that? God says to wash your hands and there's like a good practical scientific application behind it. It's, um, why don't they live according to, to the tradition of the elders? And so uh, you can kind of see Jesus like fish the hook in on on the intention of their of their question. Um, um, so I so yeah. I get it. I, I, I get I get why. Um, but uh, for fear of people reading this and going, oh yeah, see, you don't have to wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in time, I feel the need to 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 circle back and maybe hammer that point home. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not what Jesus enough. says. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, if if the lectionary um, selection was being designed today, probably we'd have the sections that were left out instead of the the through argument that we do have, mm-hmm. and that that way we'd be talking about instead of washing hands or not um honoring mother or father or not that's one of the things we skipped Uh, okay okay um and have the same result um i mean in terms of what jesus was teaching but in two things i want to say first is this is one of those passages where in verse three it says for the in parentheses in for many translators, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. That's not true. Mm. Um, But that's one of the reasons why scholars think that Mark was writing for a non-Jewish audience. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Because in um, Matthew, which has the same story and traditionally is connected with a Jewish audience. He doesn't add that aside. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but anyway, it, it's in the time of Jesus, the, the, the Jewish people were living under huge institutional and military oppression by the Romans. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Pharisees responded, in part, was to control what they as individuals could control. Very good coping mechanism in times Mm -hmm. of crisis and you can't control stuff. So they developed ritual washings that were pretty ornate. And Hmm. they didn't have anything to do with temple worship. Instead, it was home worship. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like the the contemporary mosque tradition of doing uh, washing before praying. It hmm. was instead at home. There, there would be, um, how to describe it, like, oh, about four by three foot very shallow like six inch shallow ponds um, as part of the walkway into a home at in which you would wash your feet and then sort of at sink height another pond or perhaps a jar of water with which to wash your hands and your face And those were not uh, so much about hygiene as about prayer practice, which were would have been illegal um, in if it was done corporately. Got it. Okay. The Romans would have said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way." And it was kind of. It was also. A, I don't. I've never read that this was why it happened, but it's easier for me to imagine that this developed as a direct repudiation of the roman tradition of public baths which was hugely yeah developed in the what we now call the holy land that was one of the first 
things that Ro that Romans would build when they conquered an area would be public baths and a coliseum type structure. Hmm. So this was a way of saying, I am no stinking Roman. I am a right. faithful Jew. Hmm. So that background, you have the Pharisees saying, you know, basically saying, come on, we've developed these crucial faith practices to help us stay true to the one true God. And you clearly a popular and skilled and faithful Jewish teacher are not holding them up for your own followers. Hmm. You are, you, know, you are setting us back. You, you maybe right. even are agreeing with the Romans. Hmm. Hmm. So that, that's the context of this discussion. Gotcha. So there's, there's a little, there, there's, there's that, uh, the, that's the dig. That's the, that's the back, yeah. you know, uh, um, kind of like backhanded, uh, uh, implication of like, what do you, you know, are you siding with the Romans? What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. And of course the punchline is now the Romans will execute Jesus. So don't worry. He's truly not, uh, selling out to the Romans, mm -hmm. but, uh, what, jesus talks about then is you know these these surface things are not going to keep you from betraying god to the romans it's mm -hmm. instead what's inside you that's going to matter yeah it's kind of um and don't um, be judgy about it right right yeah he's he, he uh, jesus very very much uh, identifies the hypocrisy of like look you if you're just doing these rote motions and still have this other sense of uh, uh, defiled uh, output of your life, uh, then what's the point? You know, what's the point of what's the point of having all these rules about washing your hands and washing uh, cups, pots and kettles if you roll around in fornication, theft, murder, adultery, you know, and, 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 yeah. and he shows um, in a way, uh, kind of like the, the, would it be the inverse of the faith without works? Uh, uh, well, it's certainly that, connected. Yeah. They have, they're, they're more, cause this, that would be more of a, uh, you know, you're doing the work, you're doing this, you know, this, this work that has, uh, um, great faith meaning, but you don't take the, the, the faith part of it to heart. You still, you, um, you still have this output that, um, is is not what god has commanded for you to do um, yeah and there's and the things that jesus mentions are the types of things that the romans did for entertainment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if this argument with the pharisees is about how do you respond to the roman occupation jesus is saying you know how can you call me a, a potential sellout when you're acting like a Roman so much of the time? Right. Right. You wash your hands, but then you do all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and where, where's the real, where, where's, where's the real crime against your creator uh, here? Yeah. Um, um, or even to your nation, even if you leave God out of the argument, which you shouldn't, mm -hmm. but even if you do, the Pharisees are still, you know, just for an example, um, perhaps enjoying the temple prostitutes. Right. Right. The Roman temple wait. prostitutes. I was going to say, wait, that was, that was not a thing. <laughs> this was not something that I was aware of. The Roman temple prostitutes. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds Roman. Okay. That sounds right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's another example of look, not only are you trying to catch, you know, catch me uh, here, and, I, and that's not going to happen. But it's also you're focused on the wrong thing. You're yeah. you're 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 pinpointing a, an issue, and then missing the whole point. Um, and and yeah. you're focused. You're completely unfocused on what God has called you to to, to actually do. And the other thing that I want to point out is that, particularly in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus seems to be most, 
The quick way to describe it is Jesus is most upset with the Pharisees because they are so close to being right. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are, there are other groups of Jews like the um, temple priests who were for the most part sellouts to the Romans completely mm -hmm. and were just in it for the personal power. Whereas the Pharisees really were very intentionally and and many times faithfully trying to to live out good jewish lives wow. and jesus was frustrated that they were so close but wouldn't listen to what jesus was saying which would have taken them the rest of the way yeah yeah that's a uh, um um and I think the, the line here that, that uh, um, burrows in and sits with me the most is uh, the reference to Isaiah and yeah. his prophecies. Um, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Um, and that's especially, um, at least in my mind today, one of the things that we, we battle and, and struggle with the most is we know what the right phrase is. We know what the saying is. We know what the, you know, we even, I think we even know what the words mean. Um, but um, saying the right thing and doing the right thing are, are often disjointed and, right. and uh, um, or, or uh, hypocritical. Like we'll, we'll we, we adhere to um, uh, let's take the, the, the phrase all are welcome. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, as an example uh, for, to, to, to bring it home for the Episcopal Church all are welcome but how many times have we uh, had a, a thought or we've done something that is like right, well except for that person right you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm very welcoming to this group of people uh, but not not I just can't for that you know right. for this other group um, I just can't bring myself so uh, uh, very, very much that one very much hits home for me. The uh, honoring, honoring God with my lips, uh, and then uh, my heart being far from what my mouth says. Yeah, one of the most transformative things we can do is immediately switch from judging someone to praying for them and for ourselves in relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. It just can totally change the the dynamic. I I think through God's holiness. Um, change the dynamic within ourselves. Hmm. That's a, that's I'm, good, I'm a literally good thinking even in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, not as simple as saying, well, maybe that person really does have an emergency to deal with. It's even if that person's truly a jerk deep down and enjoys cutting off people, God bless them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it, it really does shift one's spiritual energy hmm. anything more about the gospel reading uh or or is that uh, uh for fear of getting into uh something that you're that that might be uh sir oh wait you're not you're not uh you're not doing a homily yeah this, so this i could i could spill all the beans uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i should have led with that up up at the top you will you will not be uh preaching on on uh, you, you'll not be yeah, serving this or, sunday or... and the sunday after we'll have uh the reverend dr susan smith as our guest preacher and celebrant while i'm on vacation um, yeah yeah there was one thing i wanted to add um let's see the okay where it says in verse three um do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands Mm -hmm. We don't know what that thoroughly word actually is. Huh. But that's translated simply by context as thoroughly. The literal meaning is by fist. And it's, it doesn't mean okay. that. Okay. I mean. Um, so that that's one of those questions for the ages is what was Mark trying to say I mean, there. We, we think we've got it. We think we've guessed correctly. But we, yeah. we honestly don't know by fist yeah forcefully <laughs> yeah yeah for instance it could be forcefully yeah okay that make that makes sense like by by fist by you know by raw sheer power uh, yeah you know overwhelmingly washing their hands yeah or, that almost sounds like in a mean way <laughs> right yeah 
out damn spot out yes um <laughs> um but uh but yeah uh or or did they completely have terrible hygiene practices and just like rub fists together <laughs> <laughs> the first recorded that, fist bumps took place in the gospel of mark <laughs> right that's that's not how to get those hands clean, my man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta open them. Gotta gotta get in between. Gotta <laughs> under the fingernails and everything. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's call to a close this your podcast for August 29th, twenty ninth, twenty twenty one, the fourteenth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, uh, pretty much the middle. We're we're kind of there in the middle. Um, it feels like and... the home stretch. Oh, one thing I meant to say, and mm-hmm. so now no one's listening, is we have now <laughs> <laughs> we have now left the Gospel of John behind. the The rest of the the liturgical year, we have only Mark uh, until the okay. very very last Sunday before Advent starts. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, because we started with Mark uh, this year, didn't we? Oh, we, we had almost all Mark. Um, until we started the Easter season. I gotcha. Okay. And then, then we bounce back and forth. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, like I said, we'll call to a close and, uh, and we'll definitely uh, encourage you to visit us on Sunday, eight o'clock and 10 o'clock in person at the church. The 10 o'clock service will be live broadcast, uh, on our YouTube channel, HFEC videos. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce, even for the next two, three weeks. <laughs> and thereafter. <laughs> yeah. And we'll and we'll talk to you later. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.